0: Hey everyone, Lou Mavs here from the Music is Life podcast with a really important question. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get Music is Life off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I record an episode, how do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen, and how do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is real simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Since I started my YouTube channel, I've been able to edit the audio on iMovie and then bump into Anchor and distribute it on the podcast to everybody. And I still use Anchor to record audio-only podcasts. So, if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm/start to join me, Lou Maz of the Music Is Live podcast, and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm/start. I can't wait to hear your
1: podcast. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album vs. Album, The King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy, a GOD! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Bowl. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is life with Lou Mavs. The right opinion for those who love politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. Watch a watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Extradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like podcast and the Laughcast. So check out RatSalReview.com or search RatsoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more.
0: You're listening to the Music is Live podcast with your host, Lou Mabs,
2: on the Rat Sound
0: Review Network. Put
2: your head up on my heart because your sins are hard to bury, Give me
0: Music is live podcast this is your host Lou Mavs check out everything you need to know about the show over at music is I have a very special guest tonight this person is not only a singer and a songwriter and a badass guitar player at that she's also a visual artist and you can catch a lot of what she does over on her Instagram page we'll have all the links in the description below one thing that hit me the most is that she's a cancer survivor but on top of that she's a really kick ass singer songwriter and well overall visual artist you'll see we're gonna talk to her right now by the way before i introduce her if anyone notices on the video yes i'm wearing a green shirt and i have a word of advice don't wear a green shirt if you have a green screen behind you but i digress i'm so happy to have on the show today the lovely and talented Poison Ivory.
2: Hey, Lou. Thank you. That was an amazing intro. I'm super honored.
0: I'm just as honored to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I know that, you know, we're on two different coasts. I'm over on the East Coast in New York. She's in Cali. We made it work. I had first heard of you by our mutual friend, Mr. Tony Santana over at Mob Hit Records. Oh, he, yes. He spoke very highly of your work. And I'd have to say that I agree with him. I just heard your EP, The Filth, today, which has been out on Apple Music for a long time time, about seven years at this point, from what you told me, you're also coming out with new music now as well. I just want to give a quick review of what I thought of your EP. I heard techno influences in there. I heard 80s, new wave, club scene music in there. I also heard some blues in there, some soul. And I got to say, I had never heard anything like this before. And even though I mostly cover metal and hardcore, because that's where I grew up, all I care about is promoting good music. And I promise you, this is good.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Lou. (laughs) I feel really special right now. (laughs) Especially like, because I know, you know, with uh, when people have like particular taste and with music heads, um, you know, when people like a certain thing. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to step outside of that. So I really, really appreciate it.
0: No problem. I grew up a kid in the city in the 80s. I had the best of all worlds growing up. My brothers got me into Zeppelin and Sabbath and Priest. Being from Queens, you couldn't help but be influenced by artists like Run DMC and LL Cool J. Being from Queens, being so near the Bronx, was the freestyle thing. And yes, I'm a fan of that too. So assume if you don't like it. We're here today to talk about you and your path to self-expression through not just your music, but your visual art. If you could give myself and the listeners or the viewers at home a taste of what was it that blossomed Poison Ivory? Mm,
2: Absolutely. It was a distaste for the rules that society would paint for various groups of people when it came to religion and when it came to sexuality even racism just everything bunched together and that's what the filth was about with my EP it was all of the filth of society I've kind of noticed the theme in my visual art as well as my music and that a lot of stuff is kind of cynical or it's a satire so the filth really represented everything that just gave me a distaste. I really just was not a fan of religion. I respect all different types of beliefs. I respect people's right to make their own choices. And I have such a love for faith, for blind faith. I think that it's absolutely necessary and magical. But I also think it can be super hurtful. Me being a minister's kid, I think that played a big role in it. And you know, it was my own way of being like, I guess could say like i've always been like a rebellious rambunctious kid and you know i stay that way it's never going to change and so when everything that i would draw or my visual art or my music i would talk about it um, on my ep cover you know there's a picture of my mom and dad who are both in ministry and they look like they're rebuking a demon out of me but we all look so calm and serene because you know they accept me fully for who i am but i just
0: wanted to cut and say i really love the satire of the album cover. <laughs> Thank
2: was, you. <laughs> I, I got it from the get-go. I'm
0: like, wow. She convinced <laughs> her folks to do it. That's awesome.
2: They were really, really like happy to do it. Like my my dad, you know, he's retired now, but he was heavy in the music scene in like the 60s and 70s. Because of him, I, you know, I know about Led Zeppelin, Motown, and blues. And because of him, you know, I ended up growing up a bit in a, like a Black Baptist church and was in a gospel group called. All God's Children. He was like the plug. He was like the reason why I was embedded in all of this. But then also there was the polarity of uh, finding my own identity and the identity that my parents were trying to lay out for me, which they meant super well. Most parents do. I just kind of had to find my own way. And I think one of the biggest things that really hit me hard was when I went through cancer. That was when I was like, all right, I got to really find out what works and is in alignment for my highest good.
0: If you don't mind me asking, what cancer was it?
2: Oh, I don't mind at all. I'm very proud and I'm very grateful. I know that there's a lot of people that are touched by cancer and I feel very fortunate to have been able to beat it. And I don't think that it's attributed to uh, anything specifically, but it was non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Basically, I had a period when they weren't sure if it was Hodgkin's lymphoma or non-Hodgkin's Hodgkin's now Hodgkin's lymphoma is super duper duper bad non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is like all right you have a, a way better chance of beating this so that was really scary when I found out it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma which is of the lymph nodes so I had it just kind of like throughout my body but the main point was um my lymph node on my neck and it was right next to like you know obviously my my voice my vocal cords and this doctor was like dude they wanted me to do radiation and chemotherapy. and He was like, do not do radiation. There's a huge possibility that you may not have your singing voice or you may have to start all over again. So I just did chemotherapy. Science helped me beat cancer. But I also think that it was uh, faith as well. I really believed that I was going to beat it. I had no doubt at all. That's because I was surrounded by people who wouldn't allow me to have any doubt. So I was really, really very, very lucky. That's a little piece of uh, my story. And um, I've been out of remission for about 10 years. And uh, I'm good now. Yeah,
0: that's a huge milestone. Like you, I don't think science and faith have to be mutually exclusive. Like you, I grew up in the church. I mean, I went to Sunday school for nine years of my life and I taught it for three years. And I'm like, why would they hire someone to teach Sunday school that has no idea what the heck they're talking about? (laughs) In my journey in life, I learned how to have faith in my own way. And it's not something that I try to preach to people. I think that although religion and faith, well, faith in general, although I think it could be something that could bring people together, I've also seen people fight over it like crazy, you know, similar to politics i've always made it a point on this podcast to never discuss my personal faith or my political ideology with people because i don't want to pander to anyone but i would never prohibit the artist from speaking what's true to their world because to me that's censorship and that's not what i'm here for if i'm here to anything it's to completely disrupt the narrative and the mainstream and bring, like you said, the platform to artists that, well, the mainstream's not touching. It was when I saw your Instagram that I saw a lot of these cool photos and cool videos and your artwork. What is it that brings this art out of you? Cause it's crazy cool. <laughs> Thank That's you. the best way I could put it.
2: Um I just feel like I have a big imagination. Since I was a kid, I've always drawn storylines and had music to go with it. You know, my math teacher used to get so pissed at me when I was like in elementary school because, you know, I'd get these math assignments and I would just draw storyboards all over them and hand it back in and not even do the assignment. So... (laughs) I had a couple of uh, oh,
0: parent <laughs> feature
2: conferences over that one. But um yeah, I've, I've just always been a very visual and audio person. I see myself taking on these like alter egos. Although it's my artist name, I embody it with my whole being. It is an alter ego for me. When I go and I do shows, I feel like I'm stepping into a character, yet it's so authentic to me. It's a part of my expression. Well, Poison Ivy, you know, kind of feels like like a bit of like a superhero or an anime character and sometimes i draw myself as an anime character or i saw I that that out. was cool yeah <laughs> thank you and basically whenever i do music i just i don't know i you know sometimes i see music and color and sometimes i get such a clear vision of uh, what it would look like to me painting a story that's not so direct but still gets the emotion across. So it's really wonderful when I get to create something like that for people because I know that besides it healing and helping me, I've seen how it affects other people and how it heals and helps other people. And that really, really, really is my driving force. That makes me never want to give up.
0: When it comes to your art, do you sometimes do the sketch first and then from there, you'll come up with an idea for a song? Has that happened with you?
2: It's it's either or. Sometimes I draw something and then I feel a song. Sometimes I feel a song and I draw something. It kind of goes hand in hand. Usually when I'm like, if I'm painting a mural, um, you know, I get really inspired while I'm painting murals. And if I'm doing a mural for somebody, like the last mural I did was a London on the track, who's like super talented producer. Shout out to Tommy Brown, cause he showed him the stuff that I did with him. When I was there, I brought my guitar because I knew that I would get inspired. And I did on the downtime while everything was drying, I was playing guitar and singing songs. I, you know, go back to painting. I realize that it's kind of like they're just intertwined and connected and the creative flow just it's one with the other. And I know a lot of creatives can relate to that because it's like once you open up that floodgate, so much comes through.
0: So much so sometimes you don't know when to stop. (laughs) It could definitely consume everything. And uh I know of some of the classic artists of the past, like when it comes to music, like they just get so engulfed by it. But you know, I would definitely say that you found a really good Balance of expression through you know your paintings and through your music. And thank you. And that's important because it's like anything. You put your signature on it, the more exposure it gets to people, the more you get noticed for it. Honestly, that's it's really what I hope for you. Because it's just good stuff. Who are some of the artists, musical and visual, that inspire you the most? Because I know drawing anime or manga in this case, anime is Japanese cartoons as opposed to manga, (laughs) which is you know the comic books. But who who were some of the most inspirational? people for you for both mediums
2: well for music i grew up singing in church so gospel played a huge part i grew up on like the winens i grew up on kim burrell all kinds of artists like donnie McClurkin. i know they just came out with a movie about the clark sisters which was really cool that really excited me because i feel like they played a huge part in my upbringing as well their music and praise music so praise music for sure more artists would be like janice Joplin, Joni Mitchell for sure. R and B was a big, big influence on me as well. Nineties R and B, and then I started getting into blues music. With blues music, for me, I like it when people infuse it. You know, I love like classic BB King blues music as well, but I really love it when people infuse it. I think it's really cool. I Also, love reggae music like Buju Banton, Capleton, and stuff like that. It's such a clusterfuck <laughs> of music. Perfect. Next word. Yeah, I just love music. Anything that makes me feel. Sometimes I'll have a playlist and I'll be listening to something really classic and or I'll listen to something that's just ratchet. It's whatever mood I'm in and honestly if it just makes me feel good that's just like sometimes you just hear something you're like this feels great this just feels so good as far as my art is concerned i love 90s anime my favorite anime is berserk that's like my favorite it's so i i rewatch it like over and over again all the time like the older version i just appreciate cool shit
0: as do i i remember being exposed to voltron that was my gateway into uh, anime and, you know, as I got older, you know, Dragon Ball Z and Vampire Hunter D and my niece got me into shows like Death Note and Black Butler. I really got into that and Full Metal Alchemist, although I think I liked brotherhood better than the original series but yeah, yeah a- anime is awesome so <laughs> and in-, in terms of your perspective on music when you are saying you know whatever just makes you feel good I mean I make tons of playlists where I have like my favorite like rock songs or new wave songs and my co-host on rat salary Review, Wayne asked me you know what was your favorite song of 2020 and I told him it had to be the weekend's blinding lights and he's like what he never expected me to say that I'm <laughs> like yeah dude I threw that on every playlist it's a good song and you know it there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, just last week I had Beesy Boy on my uh, on the show, and, and he's a dancehall reggae artist. He also you know does Crooked Trees. So you know, like I said, as long as it's good, I yeah. want it. I you know I want to bring Absolutely. it to the platform. So you mentioned BB King as well. Great guitar player, probably the most common gateway to the blues for so many.
2: Yes, mm-hmm.
0: I always go back to Little Richard because to me he's really the true king of rock and roll. Woo! No offense, Elvis, but Little Richard was oh, there yeah, first. Oh yeah,
2: definitely. And Without a doubt.
0: As far as Joni Mitchell, I only admit, I recently got into Joni Mitchell. One of my favorite bass players, Jaco Pastorius from Weather Report, mm-hmm. recorded mm-hmm. music with her. And I heard the song Hejira, and I just said, oh my God, Like this is unlike anything I've heard before. And by that point, I think the song was like 40 plus years old. Mm-hmm. Seriously, check out some of the old classic stuff, people. You don't know what you're missing. Rediscover it if you can.
2: I think a lot of people are... Are. it's interesting because i meet so many young kids and for the most part when they're listening to music they're listening to what's popular and stuff like that but i've met so many generation x that is just like super into classic rock and they want to discover whatever's new they're just curious so i don't think people are neglecting it i think they just don't know it exists and when they get an opportunity to know it exists whether it's through their favorite artists or you know it gets sampled or something thing, then they're blown away.
0: I thought the craziest thing was after we lost the great Edward Van Halen. Apparently not only did sales of his music go up but sales of guitars went up.
2: That's a thing that happens when somebody dies.
0: Yeah it's unfortunate. We should cherish them while they're alive. The name of your art company Mm -hmm. is Art Poison World. Is this something that you just named recently for your artwork or has that been around since you released your EP?
2: Poison Ivory and Art Poison have all has been hand in hand they were birthed at the same time. With Art Poison, it's an opportunity to do something where you can create an atmosphere that inspires you to create because I feel like that's a superpower of mine. I can help people kind of unlock a level of creativity within themselves that might have been blocked or they never knew was there. So I really love being able to do that because I also look at it as like an act of service as well. With my music same thing and being able to combine those two things together is you know all I could ever ask for. It's my favorite thing. It brings me so much fulfillment.
0: What is it that inspired the usage of neon colors? Because that's not something you really see often. I mean, you see it in a more like live action visual setting, but not really so much in art. I just see a lot of earth tones. I never see neons and never see pastels, but you really do some good work with colors that most people would never even use. Is it anything in particular that just ignites the flame for that? Or is that just all in your head that you just want to bring out?
2: It It feels natural for me. I like the usage of those colors because I love neo-futuristic, spacey, universe vibes. I just love that kind of lighting. I love the golden hour. So if things can look golden or just pop out, it's pleasing to my eye. I love using colors. like Even in my background, as you can see right now, Like I didn't do this. This is a, a tapestry that I found. But even the colors, there's pastels in it too and neon. And I was like, oh, this is my vibe. So it's just kind of like a color palette that is very natural for me. And I gravitate towards it feels good for me. It brings me um, a level of calmness. And I just love it. I don't know. It's just cool. Also, I've always felt like a very vibrant soul as a human being, just as a person. There have been times in my life when situations or people have tried to just vanilla me me down or make me feel shame and guilt for being a vibrant soul and they could never succeed because it's it comes too natural for me so I don't know I guess I'm just like an acid rainbow <laughs> I, you um, should I trademark
0: a, that line that is amazing I mean, acid, acid rainbow. rainbow
2: well I had a fan I think he was Brazilian he hit me up one day and he was like you are acid itself and I was like I like that <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> a good acid trip not a bad <laughs> Ha
0: <laughs> Well, definitely for me, having grown up in New York City, being exposed to murals, being exposed to museums and just being exposed to so many forms of expression. I mean, I can remember when Keith Harren, the activist who was a painter who drew graffiti all over the city. I remember as a kid when it was brand new and it was something that struck me uh, as a kid. I didn't understand the message when I was younger, but the visuals struck out. And I think what you do definitely strikes out. Out to creatives or lay people who they gravitate towards the visual, which is why I just think that what you're doing, it's all working. I can't well, say that. That's
2: like the best compliment ever. Oh, <laughs> it's <well>. working. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well yeah. about i make this stuff up because it's really how i feel people okay i mean like i'm not trying to like you know like as you can tell i'm not reading from a script half the time i'm closing my eyes as i'm thinking of what to say because i'm really thinking about it trying to put thought behind it i mean i worked very hard to get poison ivory on the show and i'm happy she's here by the way the the name poison ivory i don't know why but i had the image of poison ivy i don't know why from from (laughs) batman in my head yeah
2: i mean that's the purpose the purpose is something familiar and you something unfamiliar and also the name means so many different things it's like when you think of poison ivory you think of this precious commodity which is ivory that's made of bone and it's strong and then you think of poison and you're like okay well something's poisonous well you know i've heard of poison ivory where, you know, poachers, you know, try to, you know, kill rhinos and, and elephants and they put something on the ivory so that it's um, poisonous for human beings. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that's kind of cool. Also, the other thing is that poison can also be an antidote. It can be a vaccine. So it's it's just interesting because a poison can be a good and a bad thing. It can kill you or it can help you depending on the circumstance. So I loved it because um, i already feel like I'm a walking contradiction. It just resonated with me.
0: <laughs> well, I like the dichotomy behind it. It's definitely something that stands out, which is exactly what you do. So like I said, it's working. <laughs> so
2: thank you again,
0: why the gap between when your EP was released to now? I mean, I figured after writing such a kick ass EP,
2: let me just tell you, please do uh, air your
0: grievances. The journey, We're here for
2: you. Yeah, the journey of personal growth is a lonely one, but necessary. So it's one that you can only take. Nobody else can take it with you. And when I put out the EP, it did get a lot of attention. It got a lot of attention. You know, there were people fo- started following me on Instagram, like huge, our favorite A-list artists hitting me up, wanting to hang out with me. Uh, some of them were just following me because they liked uh, my aesthetic and they just wanted to use it for their own plans because, you know, they had the machine behind them you know I had one major artist who offered me a deal and I almost took it and and I would totally name drop but I also want to be careful too because you know I might work with these people in the future some of the people that found me during that time like you know I'm still cool with and they're awesome and I respect them and admire them so
0: this is not uh, inside edition I'm not here to shame you or put you on blast yeah to-
2: yeah you know but basically uh long story short I didn't realize anything about I understood that I was was angry okay so I put out this EP I was fucking pissed off I was pissed off at a lot of things And I didn't understand that me not being able to heal that was going to manifest in my actions and what I was doing. So it was like I had all of these things happening, but my soul needed to recognize some things. I had to solve some problems within myself. So I ended up just going through like a perilous journey. Going through cancer really changed my perspective a lot, but I think heartbreak is a huge form of of teaching someone how to love themselves and how to interact with yourself and with other people. And so um, I had to learn some pretty hardy lessons so I ended up uh, I was always creating music I picked up the guitar and I just started writing a different type of music I, there was like this unsatisfaction in my soul where I wanted to sing rock and roll I went from putting out that EP to just completely like going out and like busking on the street and then I joined like two bands and I even got in like a, like a roots Americana reggae band with like these guys that were Jamaican and they were from Philly and we had like a thing going on for a while and you know we would duet and you know sometimes I would play drums they taught me how to like hold down you know the invisible one like you know it was cool so it was a lot of fun and um and then I started writing with like a boyfriend who was like a bluegrass artist and I was writing stuff for his project and you know he ended up breaking my heart really badly and then you know what really was like the extreme catalyst of it all was when one of my number one fans her name was uh, Allison Hartley. Um, she uh, she passed away. She had hit me up. She was supposed to have a surgery. She was such a sweetheart. I had formed a very special bond with her, and she was just patiently waiting for me to put out music. And she hit me up and was like, "I'm having surgery in a few days." And then a few days later, she was tragically murdered, and that shifted everything. I even got you know, sweet angel, because this is what I would call her, sweet angel, tatted on me and her birth and death date she's a part of me sometimes i feel like i can feel her i'm gonna be dedicating my next project to her because she was one of my biggest supporters and cheerleaders and she just no matter what i was going through no matter where my head was at she was just so loving and patient i remember one year she sent me like a video with all of these fans that she had found and collected all over the world like you know korea and and you know uh brazil and you know france and the uk just everywhere and just making a video uh dedicated to me telling me how special i am and how much i've inspired them and i was i just felt like man i owe it to these people i need to put out my fucking music (laughs) you know what i mean like what am i doing look at these amazing human beings who have you know taken a time out of their life they don't have to give a shit but they do and they're inspired and i feel like i owe it to not only my fans but um i owe it to allison I owe it to her. So this project is just completely going to be dedicated to her. I even wrote a song for her. It's called Allison. Hopefully, you know, I'll get that recorded pretty soon. I'm pretty excited, though, to put out new music. It's been so long. And I feel like I've spent a lot of time doing uh, soul searching and, and searching with music and experimenting and working with so many different types of people that i'm at a place where i feel pretty fucking good
0: (laughs) you know i've heard of so many cases where fans get tattoos of the artist's work whether it's an album cover or whether it's like a like a member of kiss where they'll tattoo the uh the image on on their arm i think you're the first artist that i've ever met where they actually got a tattoo of
2: maybe related
0: to a fan that's incredible well
2: she was super super unique and so special to me and um, the relationship that we had was very unique you know I've never I've had people that have been you know fans of my music they followed my journey for years and I'm always grateful to them and they you know hit me up and they tell me you know how much a song means to them or how it helped them heal or how it saved their life or something really monumental and you know with her she she, she always just like respectfully would reach out to me and make sure that I was good because she wanted to make sure that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, which is creating and releasing music. And so she, she became a friend. I didn't like share personal things with her like that, but she opened up to me with some personal things. I shared a couple of things with her and it was a very unique friendship. I don't think I'll ever be able to have a fan friendship like that ever again because of how unique it was so she really did feel like an angel and to everybody that knew her and that you know connected with her they connected with her through her love of music so you know all the different people that knew her were either fans of my music or fans of like Toblo or another you know whoever the artist was that they loved it was, it was a very unique situation and I felt really pushed I was in New York uh, when I got this tatted on me I've always felt like a piece of me feels indebted towards her to release this music
0: well then us as fans should feel indebted towards her too and i think it's wonderful that you know you're keeping her name alive especially after the tragedy that befell her and you know god bless you for that that's uh sorry it's it's very rare where i kind of get a little choked up over um people's stories but this is a uh,
2: this is the <laughs> first this is the first <laughs> my bad it's, bro it's real man it's real <laughs> yeah life life is real
0: One of the things that I, when I was reading your bio from the press kit that you sent. You said something that really hit me. It said, I want to help encourage and create a world where people can love each other and still be their authentic selves. Mm. And for me, I relate to this because I have friends of different texture, different beliefs, different faiths. And I remember growing up as a kid in the city. At the time, we all just tried to survive high school and we were all cool with each other. And to me, it's like high school was an example of what I would like real life to be. It's like, we could all be cool with each other, regardless of who you love or who you pray mm-hmm. to or what political system you think works best. Right. But personally, like with all my friends, we we all pick fun at each other because we're just like, oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's nuts. That's crazy. But in the end, it's like, you know, we always end it with an I love you, man. And we give each other a hug. We're like, you know, kiss your wiping kids for me and things like that. And when I read that, I was just like, you know what? This is someone I would totally be cool with running in my circle. I loved that statement. And I don't think that's pandering. I think it's honest and heartfelt. It's like we could all be cool with each other. What was it that made you feel like that was kind of like your mission statement?
2: It's a combination of my home life. It's a combination of my experience with the education system and how kids were when I, you know, when I was growing up, like I was not accepted in school at all. (laughs) So because of that, I ended up going to like alternative and continuation schools, and then eventually got pulled out of school. And I went back and got my high school diploma. So I had a pretty uh, bumpy ride when it came to like a high school and junior high and all of that stuff. So I think it's just been like a Snowball effect of me being like, hey guys, it's okay to be a little quirky and a little weird. It's okay to have different opinions. It's okay. But can we just make sure that we're loving each other through our actions, through the choices that we do make, like even our political choices, that makes a difference too. Um, I try to be understanding and loving towards everyone because I understand that they're just trying their best. You know what I mean? Everyone's just yeah. trying their best.
0: Everyone's just so, trying to make sure they get their bills paid. They put food on the table and they can take care of things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
2: Nobody, nobody really knows, but I think it's important for us to live in a world where we love and accept each other. People are feeling uncomfortable and unsure of themselves. Fear begets all of these other bad emotions that cause us to hurt one another. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I just want, you know, we are the world. Like, I'm not trying to like, you know, I don't want to get a copyright deck, strike
0: take that back but-
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but all I'm saying is that by being me and by being true to who I am and also and what I do, recognizing am I being of service, am I showing up for just me today, or am I showing up for other people today? Am I being my highest self today? I think that is gonna help and it does help a lot of people because it, it just it helps create a shift and that shift can be a silent one. It doesn't have to be loud. I'm a vibrant person, but my ability to to walk and stand true in that it should ruffle some feathers. That's what we're meant to do as artists. We're I, meant to we're we're meant to ruffle feathers. We're we're meant to upset and break up the lines. That's our job as artists and we're we're expressing and reflecting the times.
0: Yep, yeah, shaking up the system and offering a different perspective on things and adding to the dialogue, not taking away but just adding to it and just giving people new ideas and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I feel like you know we more the more we have conversations about art and about ideas i couldn't agree more about your statement and i appreciate the fact that you lead by example and not just by word alone because i feel like that's something that is you know people miss out on a lot
2: thank you i try <laughs> there is
0: one thing though that I want to bring up about your EP. Okay. And there's a song on it called The Blues. Yes. Now, this song, the lyrics were written by your pop, if this is true.
2: Yes, my dad wrote those lyrics.
0: For a certain queen of rock and roll by the name of Miss Janis Joplin?
2: Yes so you tell <laughs> yeah. so my dad he was a songwriter and he also did uh like pr and stuff like that he was heavy in the music scene um as i mentioned before in like the 60s and 70s and worked with motown he helped promote like bill withers and all kinds of cool stuff he was a part of the scene you know he made music and his friend was like hey you should take this song it was called the once you've known in blues um It was well, originally the Once You've Known Her Blues. And he was like, you should take the song Janice. So she took it to Janice because she was working with Janice Joplin at the time and uh, she loved it. And then she played it for her band. Um, which was the Brothers Holding Company. He had like a meeting with them and, you know, they were like, cool, we're going to, you know, we're going to practice this. We're going to record it. And they were set to record it, I believe, like somewhere around like the following week of the week before when she, uh, she overdosed. So it was just one of those like weird things where God or the universe, whatever you believe, was like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, when it was a great tragedy. You know years later Here I am um, Being a huge fan of Janis Joplin My dad plays it for me and I was like dad Can I please take this song and, and make it my own And recut it And he you know He thought about it And at first he was like Well you gotta make sure You cut it exactly How the song is Because you know He's an artist too You know mm-hmm. And I was like Well I can't I'm not Janis Joplin I don't sound like her I sound like me And also That was like a time And a space And that takes like A certain type of person Like and you like that was like definitely a genre and an era so he stayed open and he let me kind of like put my own spin on it and i shortened it and called it the blues but i kept all the lyrics i restructured the song and the melody is definitely a lot different but that night when i cut it with producer shy bugs um who's located on the east coast shout out to shy bugs who also um, has done my project that i'm getting ready to release as well it was just so organic and the flow was just there and we didn't really have to do too much it was just one of those things where I got in and I sang it all the way through it was like a one take thing and I really I even said like a little prayer before I was like hey Janice um, you know you were supposed to sing the song can you please uh lend me some of your energy I'd really appreciate it and I feel like I, I feel like she might have it's a possibility I really love Janice Joplin's music and there's a version of summertime she's she's got a few live versions but there's this one live version the specific one I always have to like specifically find it that is just so goddamn beautiful it's just so amazing and there's guitars soloing on it that are harmonizing with each other that is just so beautiful and haunting and ah uh, so good I love Janice that's kind of the story behind that <laughs> well
0: I think it was a beautiful tribute to Janice and your father and I thought it was a great example of what you're really capable of and bringing not just your own songs to life but the works of with others keep at it it was killer yeah thank
2: you i i don't you know one thing about me is when it comes to creating i don't have an ego i kind of like remove it you know i'll have like a specific vision but if i can ever beat something or if somebody brings something uh really special and a value to the table or something meaningful um i try to stay open i think that it's important i believe in teamwork and um, i love collaboration it's my favorite thing speaking of
0: teamwork i Again, you were brought to my attention by Tony Santana of Mobhead Records. How did the association with them begin?
2: I met Tony through my friend Day One, his producer. That Tony works with a lot, reconnected basically. I played Tony my music, my EP, and Tony just loved it. At one point, I had the semi hollow body electric guitar. I was like, man, I really, I really want a strat. And Tony was like, no, you need a telly. He was like, you're not ready for a strat yet. Oh my God, that's the
0: greatest battle ever in the history of humankind the strat versus the telly. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I still want a strat, but he was like, you need a telly. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, "I'll give you one." And I was like, "Yeah, right." And he was like, "No, I'll give you one." I was like, "Okay, that's nice." I was like, "This guy's about to give me like a really peat, like a really cheap piece of crap." That's what I'm thinking, right? Because I just met him. <laughs> I just met him, and like we vibed instantly because he's so- such a cool guy, he's such a rock star. Like Jesus. So then, you know, I kept hitting him up. I was like bugging the crap out of him. I was like, hey, were you serious about that? And He's like, yo, chill. <laughs> I was like, yo, where's the telly at? You know, are you full of shit? Like I was challenging him and he was like, that's up, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Tony. And then finally, yeah, he, he gave me a freaking telecaster and it was a fender and it's super nice. Let me show you it. And I love it. And it's changed the game for me. So
0: that's the white one. Right. Right?
2: Yeah. It's ivory.
0: Ivory. I apologize.
2: Yeah. No, it's okay. It's white. <laughs>
0: All right, fine. With the maple neck and 21 frets on that?
2: It's beautiful,
0: right? Absolutely. Telly's have probably some of the best tonal qualities you could ever get in a guitar although i'm a fan of the humbucker sound the single coil of the telly i don't know to me that's just that's just gold right there
2: it is because i'm a fan of the humbucker sound too i really like the way that my voice sounds over that you know specifically i feel more connected to the telly and i think he was right <laughs>
0: All right, that's my next goal. I got to get (laughs) Tully.
2: Yeah.
0: I have four guitars right now in my collection. When it comes to performing and recording, I've actually been using a Steinberger the most.
2: Oh, wow okay yeah that's um, cool
0: i'm a huge fan of alan holdsworth and he always used headless guitars i love what he was doing with them and yeah. i can't play the way he does but yeah. in terms of like recording yeah. and staying in tune and tone I, don't know, I just love it
2: my two babies are i got the telly and i've got my gs mini
0: beauty look at and, that uh, you, uh, a taylor. oh that's a taylor
2: yeah
0: oh my is. god don't ever get rid of that <laughs>
2: that's such a great
0: sound. I love that and- F sharp suspended chord. <laughs> that's yeah, one of my favorites so
2: that actually was a gift from an ex-boyfriend that like really broke my heart and um, although the memory of him is painful and he you know he can eat a bag of dicks I'm um, nah. never, <laughs> never getting rid of that guitar so <laughs> yeah he was terrible he was like not a nice person to me at all but he so really long did... it makes it
0: a piece of wood <laughs>
2: yeah exactly yeah he really did he did one thing right and that was get me that GS Mini that was the only thing he did right good job so, i guess good good job on that sir <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh continuing. So so after Tony um got you the telly and you met through day one, who's a producer that you both know of, who I actually uh did hit up. He wants to come on the podcast as well. But we're here to oh, talk cool. about you. So keep going, please.
2: Oh yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: after he got you the guitar, did you uh, get to work with each other yet or collaborate? Yeah,
2: so he immediately invited me to come have a session with him and we didn't have very much time in that session, but we started an idea and it was really cool and it was starting to go in like a very like blues uh, you know rock direction which is super dope it's interesting cuz it's like when you're putting together a project you know you want to try to like put everything in like a certain direction so that it's cohesive I believe in cohesiveness but I'm starting to realize that um sometimes I just want to I want to do it all and just have it and you never know so I would love to go in and like finish that song for sure we got to knock out some bangers because Tony's like one of the greatest,
0: man. He's so good. I love him. I respect the hell out of him and I'm beyond proud of his accomplishments and I'm grateful that he's not only recommended so many great artists such as yourself and Baby Ghost and Busy Boy to come onto the podcast so I can have a nice chat with them but he's trying to bring this greatness to everybody and, you know, in a, in a world he's a, where...
2: He's got a big heart.
0: He does and yeah. that, that's something I feel like the music industry, well, all right, I'm going to put it on blast right now. I'm going to call (laughs) out and say it. You got no heart. Tony's got it. Follow suit.
2: (laughs) He's got a lot of heart. So shout out to Tony.
0: So when can we expect your new release to come out?
2: So I am aiming and planning on releasing uh, some singles in August along with visuals, but um, I also have a Patreon account. And so I just started that. And if people would like to donate and help me create this project because it's not cheap and also I like to make sure I pay the creatives that I work with. I want to make sure that everybody's eating. I think that um, as we collaborate as artists, we need to take care of each other. So that's another another thing. Um, I will give you a link to my Patreon as well. And all uh,
0: links will be posted in the description below.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: you got to respect the Patreon game because you know what? It's you're offering incentive for people to contribute to what you're doing because you're giving them great yeah. music and you know they're getting in and everyone prospers i think that's wonderful and the final question is where can the good people of the world find you if they want to know more about the lovely poison ivory
2: you can find my music on spotify apple under poison ivory the filth you can find me on youtube same thing um check out my single mr wonderful um you can also find me on instagram the ivory oddity my art page is Art Poison as well. They both have links to each other, so you won't miss the other. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. That's all I've got for now.
0: Poison Ivory, I can't thank you enough for being on the Music is Live podcast. I can honestly say this has been one of the most... not I, Heartfelt is one thing. I mean, like I, I put my heart into everything when I interview people, but this is an interview where I... Okay, I'll come out and say it. I got hit right in the feels from you, so... <laughs> Um, I can't thank you enough. Your presence is glowing and your music is amazing. Your art is amazing. And I'm beyond grateful to have you on the show. I wish you all the best with everything you do. And please consider this an open invitation to come back anytime.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Lou. I appreciate you so much, man. All good. No problem. Peace.
0: Peace. To find out more about the Music is Life podcast. Check it out over at musicislivepodcast.com. Also check out our parent network, ratsireview.com. And if you go to the YouTube page or the website itself, you can check out some of the other rat's eye review shows, such as The Right Opinion, The Era Vault, Suck My Balls, The South Park Podcast. I kid you not, that's the name of the show. And, uh, and also Screams from the Grave, Old Man's Metal Musings, and countless others. I mean, the, the list is growing. You'll check it out for yourself. Hit me up over at lumabs at music is once again, thank you so much, Miss Poison Ivory.
2: Thank you. Bye, and dear.
0: I wish everyone the best. Alright, check in later, and remember, all art is valid. Good night. Thank you so much for listening to the Music Is Life podcast. The Music is Life Podcast is brought to you by anchor.fm and Ratsireview.com. Check out the other shows on RatsiReview, including Beyond Bushido, Old Man's Metal Musings, The Right of Stuck My Balls, a South Park Podcast, The Vieira Vault and the Timo Toki podcast. Graphics for the video portion of the show were done by Rocky Baia. For commissions, find him on Twitter at R-O-C-K-Y-B-A-I-A. Intro and outro music for the show is Lose Control by The Rebel Medium, written by Jacqueline Guitard, Ernest Leug, and myself. If you'd like to donate to the channel, or if you're in a band and you want me to review you, then donate to my PayPal at musicislivepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Wayne Noon and Greg Noggle, with much love and gratitude to Aaron, Anna, and Aloysius. For more information, including where to find me on social media, check out MusicIsLifePodcast.com and don't forget to check out ratsireview.com. Remember, all art is valid. Thanks for listening. Cheers.
1: Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from, like Rat Sound Review where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album vs. Album. The King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network, with the Vieira Bowl. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics. A South Park Podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe i watch a long wrestling show called Beyond Bushido, ex Stradivarius guitarist, the Timo Toilke podcast, and the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like podcast and the Laughcast. So check out RatsoundReview.com or search Review on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more.